This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And great to be joined by Dave Reibstein, who is a marketing professor here at the Wharton School. Dave, how are you? I'm doing just great, and Happy New Year to you. And my big question to start with you is, so how long can we say Happy New Year? Yeah, I'm taking the tenor of the first time I talk to all of our guests who we have on all the time in the month of January, I will say it. Beyond that, I'm done. Even if that stretches into March? Well, usually we will get everybody on in the first month. But, uh, yeah, no. If it's in the month of January, I'll do it. Beyond the month of January, I'm done. That's sort of how I swing. Same same thing. First time I talk to him, it's uh, it's fine to say Happy New Year as long as it's January. All right. Uh, great to have you with us. Let's dig into some of these stories right now. And no surprise that artificial intelligence uh, really is at the top of a couple of these. Uh, the first one, and maybe this is not as much a surprise as a lot of people would think, but NBC Universal has unveiled a new uh, AI-run program that will help it kind of develop uh, advertising plans, uh, media action plans uh, for companies that are going to advertise on the variety of channels that they have. Um, this is probably you know right in the wheelhouse of artificial intelligence to kind of set these things up, Dave. It's, it's a perfect fit for artificial intelligence, trying to use all the data, trying to find the right fit with the advertising objectives. And we've got multiple platforms. And just to reflect for a second, you know, the, it, when we think about NBC Universal, of course they have NBC, but they also have MSNBC and they have Peacock and also falling under their umbrella is the USA Channel. Bravo Channel, and several others. So it's trying to look across all of those and find where's the best place for placement of ads. And we need to be careful about defining best. Normally an advertiser will say, here's the characteristics of the people that I want to reach, and here's how many times I want to reach them. Um, And what this has done is dramatically decreased um, the amount of waste that happens with advertising. And it, it's, it's interesting to think about what it is that we call waste. And, and let me talk about that just for a second, if I can, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, imagine I, I'm, I'm wanting to advertise baby diapers, mm-hmm. and I find a channel of people that are sort of in the baby-yielding age, and that's who it is they reach, and I advertise there, but there are some people that don't have any babies, and so I'm wasting that advertising. They're able to fine-tune it and say, we're going to, here's the channel that's going to have the biggest number of, of parents with newborn children, and, uh, and very, very successful in coming up with that particular placement. I would think it has to be quite the challenge then when you think about you know, all the different channels that NBC Universal has. And you mentioned USA Network. I'll, I'll use that as the example. Uh, the wide range of programming that they have on that channel, you know, everything from, you know, the NBC shows like the Chicago shows, Chicago Fire PD, uh, et cetera. And then you also have, you know, college basketball and uh, uh, English Premier League soccer. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very unique thing to try and hit on, especially when you have something so diverse as that type of programming. 
it, no question about it. And and yet that diversity allows them to appeal to all sorts of different advertisers. So I think this is going to work very, very well for them. There's another aspect about this that, that is very clever in what it is they're doing. They're measuring people's attention. And, um, and now sort of that attention is um, – and it's how long they stay on that ad, particularly when we think about um, online advertising and how many pages one sort of sorts through and so forth – that's being rated higher than, than overall reach. And so how we measure an ad is actually changing as well. Well, according to some of the reporting, uh, this platform, uh, which is uh, known as One Platform Total Audience, sold out across all major categories for the first quarter of 2024. So it seems like it's, it's having a pretty good uh, impact. Uh, it, it, there is absolutely the case. And uh, they haven't even started really trying to fill it out for the second quarter, but they will. 60% of the advertisers are trying to use this one platform total audience. And uh, and I, I think everybody's going to be on it very shortly. All right. Uh, keeping in the AI realm, uh, General Mills and Del Monte piloting ads on Instacart's AI-powered smart carts. Uh, I guess we're trying to reach everybody wherever we can. Uh, and uh, even uh, on the on the carts themselves. So they've created these carts that you use within the supermarket. Now you have to have buy-in from the supermarkets, but you've got the cart, and they've got a, a, a screen on the cart. So when you first grab the cart, there's some ads that pop up. You get to see you know whatever it is that's being featured in those. But as you are going through the aisles and you pick up things and you put it in the cart, first of all, it scans it so it knows what it is that you've bought. And um, then, you know, it, as you buy a peanut butter, it starts to give you promotions for jelly. Uh, if you buy ice cream cones, it's showing you, you know, what ice cream it is that, that uh, dryers happens to be featuring. And so... Um, ads that are customized to what it is that you've already put in the cart and looking for compliments thereof. These carts are just absolutely amazing because it not only does it register what you've got, you could load in there your shopping list and it sort of checks things off. And I think it won't be long until it's going to tell you which aisle to go down to find what it is that you're looking for. People are very satisfied with it. The market baskets are up when they uh, use that. That is, the total number of products that they end up buying uh, goes up. And uh, I think it's a very, very clever use of technology. And then the one other thing that I'm going to add is these cards, um, if the retailer starts using them, they're going to get part of the advertising dollar uh, that that is being spent by those manufacturers that are featuring their jellies or their ice cream. And, and so it's a win-win all the way around for consumers, for the retailers, and for the manufacturers. So I uh, anticipate seeing more and more of these happening. Well, and as you mentioned, I mean, it, you have to have the buy-in from the grocery stores, but it sounds like uh, the ROI is pretty good on this. And so the investment uh, will, will be uh, profitable uh, as you move down the road. Uh, 
I haven't seen exactly what the costs are of these carts and who pays for that, but I, uh, I anticipate, you know, you start mentioning increased size of the uh, shopping basket, that's going to grab a lot of attention. Uh, the revenue sharing that I just mentioned, I, I think it's going to pay for itself very, very quickly, and we're going to see more adoption. One of the concerns that retailers have is what happens to those shopping carts when people try and wheel them away and take them home? And these, because they're they're sort of live and active, once you go a certain radius away from the store, the wheels lock, and you won't be able to take them. Huh. And the the retailer can find where they are, so that that's uh, interesting as well. Further, you don't even have to go to the checkout counter because you can scan your credit card, and and just take it to your car and, and drop your groceries off, everything already paid for. I guess uh, this is a little bit different than in terms of the grocery carts from going to a place like Aldi where you just put the quarter in the slot and, and it just uh, you can't get it until you put the quarter in there, right? <laughs> right, exactly. This is we're begging you to take these carts because we're able to track what it is you're buying and, uh, and, and keep you moving along the way. And there's a scale in these carts. So you buy your, your tomatoes, and you can weigh them and yeah. put them right in there. Uh, story about Prime Video, which is uh, uh, really looking to make an expansion around its advertising. Uh, they brought on, uh, Amazon did, uh, Jeremy Helfand. Uh, he's coming over from Disney, where he helped build out streaming ad bets uh, for properties like Hulu and Disney. Uh, this is uh, these are important hires for a lot of companies right now uh, because a lot of these platforms are really focused on maximizing the advertising dollar uh, that they can. You know, when you buy Amazon Prime, uh, you get access to uh, Prime Video, and uh, and so Prime has been trying to compete, you know, against Netflix and and, and all the other streaming services. This actually is now we're going to start putting advertising on there, and uh, they're anticipating that the ad revenue from uh, from Amazon Prime Video is going to be five get this billion dollars. That's going to you know yeah. just what Amazon needs is more going into their coffers, <laughs> but by adding advertising, they're doing that, giving viewers the option to have Amazon Prime Video without ads, but that's going to cost you $2.99 uh, per month. So again, additional revenue going to Amazon Prime Video, but they hired, you know, you mentioned Jeremy Helfand. He's the guy who's done it for uh, Hulu and Disney Plus and ESPN. Yeah. He's, he's the right guy to be doing it for Amazon. You know, Dave, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see in, in the future if there becomes a tipping point for consumers in general of how many ads is too many, you, you know, and, and I don't think we've reached that point just yet. I mean, obviously people have the option of going uh, ads or without ads, but it makes me wonder whether or not we're going to get to a point where if these companies are putting too many ads on the platform, if it is a tipping point and you get more consumers either going to the, uh, uh, the non-ad version, or just going away from the service altogether? Well, you know, I, I think that going away from the service is, is an interesting uh, notion. What's that mean? I'm not going to use Amazon Prime 
because it, it has ads. I have an option out of that. But then I go to, you know, to Hulu and, oops, it's got ads also, and I have an option out of it. It's a competitive deal. And so, you know, with one goes without advertising, that's going to put pressure on the others. And I, I think that's part of what we're going to end up seeing uh, through all of that. But part of what's happening is the ads are getting smarter and smarter. And what's distracting to us is ads that are totally irrelevant for us. But when we start getting ads that are um, things that we care about, um, it, you're going to be able to show more and more ads. And that's where all the AI and the smartness in the advertising is really going to be beneficial. Well, and, and with Amazon, they obviously have the uh, the NFL uh, games that they do on Thursdays, uh, but they also did a Black Friday game where they did run quite a few ads with QR codes that if people wanted to get a Black Friday deal while they were watching the game, all they had to do was scan the code and it, we, they could get right into their Amazon account. Well, that's what's incredible about the Amazon video ads. As you see the ad, you can buy it there right at Amazon. So we could think about the advertising dollars that they get, but the fact that it drives additional purchases on the Amazon platform, whoa. I mean, it's just an additional bang that they're getting here. So I think it's a huge win for them, um, and, it's, and once again, it makes it easier for shoppers. So. Uh, it's a win-win once again. Peloton partnering up with TikTok to bring content to the platform uh, and uh, you know bring the, a fitness component in there. TikTok is branding it something a little bit different, uh, but this is an interesting partnership, one from the side of TikTok of trying to bring fitness cl classes to their platform, but number two for Peloton with all of the issues that they have dealt with in recent years as well. Peloton, isn't Peloton dead? You know, Peloton uh, thrived actually during COVID when everybody was sort of locked at home. And A, you're locked at home, a perfect time to be exercising. So the whole Peloton thing. B, I don't want to go to the gym because that's just a Petri uh, dish for uh further spread of COVID. So people were staying home, but still had the need to exercise. Peloton was the thing as we've gotten past, you know, the lockdown and staying at home around COVID. Um, all of a sudden, Peloton sales have gone down. And, and once again, Peloton saw a reduction in their revenue. Um, this, this last quarter was only down 3%, but it's really been a strong hit. But as you talk about here, They've said, okay, we need to reach out to people that aren't necessarily on Peloton right now. We're going to join right. TikTok Fitness. And so they are running ads um, on TikTok Fitness, and you don't need to have their equipment to use the Peloton um, exercises. And it's trying to connect you with the brand, and it's trying to connect you with the star um, the star coaches that are there and part of Peloton, and they're trying, yeah. they're tr reaching out in various different ways. This is actually the first time that Peloton has shown ads in connection to their workouts, through other than on Peloton itself. And so I view this as just totally new distribution. Very clever for them to be trying. We'll see if it works. All right. And we'll finish up with Tinder and uh, how they are looking to expand their brand 
ahead of something called Dating Sunday. Well, you mentioned Dating Sunday. You've missed it. It's the first Sunday of the year. And I did miss it. actually, it's when there's a, a, a huge increase. And, and by the way, I missed it too, and that's okay. I'm, I'm not at, at that scene right now. Um, but they start running this uh, promotion, and they're running it between, you know, now and actually the beginning of the year through Valentine's Day, where it just it starts with a swipe. And they're running sort of provocative ads that are somewhat suggestive, uh, but it's like we need to get you to back uh, get back on Tinder, and all it takes is a little bit of a, a swipe, and and you're there. And by the way, these ads, people really enjoyed them. The likes are up about 18% on that. Uh, so really interesting to see. The other thing that's going on is um, I, I am flabbergasted. If you look at the data on Peloton, the number of new photos that are added, get, get this number, 2,263 new photos per minute, hmm. per minute are yeah. being added uh, on, uh, on Tinder. Um, and bios are constantly being edited as well, with 500 bios uh, edited per minute. So uh, people are very alive and well, and connections are happening uh, on Tinder and probably on other dating sites as well. It's the, it's the time for love. You better hurry up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dave, great to talk with you. Thanks very much. Enjoy your week. Likewise. Take care. Have a, have a good week and a great 2024. You got it. Dave Reebstein, marketing professor here at the Wharton School. To explore more content from the Wharton School, visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.